you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. My name is Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I'm here with my friend, Bobby Schessler. Hey, hey. Yeah, at this point, I would I would hope you know who we are, because if you're starting on this episode, wow. <laughs> a little late there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, welcome anyway. Thanks for listening. <laughs> but on this episode, this is actually our finale episode. We are going to be discussing our final thoughts on the game. Uh, we're going to talk a couple of interesting facts around the game. And we're also going to get into some user feedback like we talked about last week. Uh, a quick recap of our last episode we talked about. We, you know, we finished up the game, essentially. You know, we spent time with Ellie and Dina at the farmhouse, and we saw what kind of life we built. And the reason they showed you that life is to show you what Ellie is about to throw away by following Abby to Santa Barbara. We did catch up with Abby and Santa Barbara before she caught up with Ellie, and she made contact with the Fireflies there, but got captured by another group called the Rattlers, who were essentially slavers. And finally, Ellie caught up with Abby and actually saved her life right before she tried to kill her again, which was right before she let her go, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that ending was, uh, for a lot of people, quite controversial, even though I have to say, I know a lot of people who played, the, no, sorry, a lot of people who commented on the story of this game and specifically on the ending did not play the game. Yeah. They probably, a lot, a lot of people I think only watched the videos. They only, they, they only watched like, you know, the, the cinematic videos, which I think in a lot of games you can get away with that. Right. Yep. In this game, I don't think you can. I don't think you can get away with just watching the cinematics. There's just, and it depends on the cinematic you watch, I guess, but you'd have to have all the little interactions going on throughout the game. The little itty bitty conversations that are happening. I mean, you have to have all that, but honestly, for me, I needed time and the game gave me time. It gave me you know, the next day to like, even though I played through it really fast, I think if I even played through it slower, I would have been affected even differently. Yeah. Well, that's kind of one of the first things I wanted to bring up about the game is that, you know, I had a certain reaction to it when I first played through it. We, me, I, both me and you play, we beat the game within the first week. Yep. You know, that's about 30 hours. That's a 30 hour game. We, we, we play within the first week. Uh, I'll be honest. I have played thirty-hour games um, a bit faster. My my the one that's coming to mind is Sleeping Dogs. I, I played Sleeping Dogs for thirty hours, dude, over I, the course of a weekend. I beat it. I readed it and beat it in a weekend, dude. I loved oh, that game. It was I amazing. Even, oh man, I haven't thought about that game <laughs> forever. Wow. Oh yeah, but you know that we we took this one and we both beat it in with inside of a week. I know we the conversations that we had privately as soon as we beat it are different than what we kind of discussed throughout the game, uh, throughout the show. And it, I think some of that 
did come out through the show because we would say, well, I thought this before, but then after going through it again, ABC, you know, one, two, three. But two things about the game. One, that, that was dangerous, Jeff. That was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Stop. Stop. It's it, Bob. Right. Contain yourself. Contain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing about this game is one, I think it most definitely deserves a second playthrough. Most definitely. Because knowing how the game ends and then going back through it, you just you you notice different things. You appreciate things more. Like a perfect example. When we talked about Abby's face when she had Dina's, the knife to Dina's throat, both me and you originally thought that when she said good, she had like a mean look on her face. Yep. But the second time, like me going through it a second time, which I had it recorded, I was like, yo, she's smiling. It's not like a, a grimacing mean face. And I think it has to do with the way that she said it. The way she said it does not really match. The, her her face in the game and maybe that was part of the problem yeah uh but yeah like she was definitely smiling during that part so well and then another point is just think about how you talked about last of us on the 201x series uh which was a series you did about the games of the the decade people decade. you should definitely check that out but think about your reaction to the last of us one on that and then think about your second playthrough and how you talked about The Last of Us 1 on this podcast. I think The Last of Us 1 was kind of the same way. That is definitely true. I will say, though, because you have to keep in mind that when I talked about The Last of Us, the original, on 201X, I was recalling from my 2014 memory. And that's 2014 Ja, who's younger than <laughs> <laughs> you know Ja and, today. And it was review copy. You did you did say that you played through it really fast to try and get the review out. Yes, that was another thing. It was a review copy. So yeah, like it, it is a little different. But no, I get what you're saying, and I, I think you're, you're right to a degree. So the other thing, I think this game is definitely worth a second playthrough. Uh, why? Obviously, I didn't play through it a second time, but I went through my entire gameplay going for this podcast. Those 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 clips that you guys hear, you know, with the with the actual audio from the game, I didn't pull those from YouTube's. Those are my recordings that I did myself. Um, so yeah, like I I kind of it feels it's it's like I went through the game a second time, watching those videos again, and it was yeah, it's just, it's just so worth it. And another thing about this game is like. I th most people who play this game will probably play it within the first week, right? They'll probably finish it in a week. But I think this game needs time to breathe. Like each segment needs time to breathe. Definitely. And, and I think the response would have been a bit better. So this makes a, a case for a game like this to come out in an episodic format, in my opinion. You know, this is a 30-hour game. You can easily have would have could have had six episodes, right? Definitely. Uh, I mean, it, you would you would have had the card of like I don't think. I mean, I guess technically speaking, you could do two hour episodes. Like you know, the first two hours of the game is where Joel dies, so you can end it there, let it breathe for a little bit. But I think that like you don't get enough game for that. Like that might have left a um a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. It depends how quickly you get the episodes too, you know. 
Like even if you got like a you know a new episode every week <laughs> until the game was finished, that's something yeah. I mean, that basically stretches out the game uh, for a month and a half. Which spoiler, I mean that's kind of how long this show's been going on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. we've pretty much we've pretty much been recording for about a month and a half, and giving the game time to breathe, I think kind of really changed things because even even when I would do my notes for a show. And we still had like, let's say three, four days before we did a recording. My opinions might change as I was thinking about things, you know? Yeah. It's a lot to process, you know, like it's a lot. And I don't think you can process it in one sitting at all. I think it just does it a disservice. Yeah. I think the faster you play this game, the, 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 the worse the experience is. Uh, from a story perspective, I think that the kind of the worst the experience is because certain things happen and you're just like, you're thrown into the next part. You know, think about when you switch from Ellie to Abby, you just got done watching Abby uh, hurt Tommy and kill Jesse. And then yeah. you immediately have to switch to her and play her. I know it's it's <laughs> jarring. I mean, it's completely jarring. I appreciate it now, after the fact, but I didn't appreciate it at the time. You know, we talked about it. I had to just put the game down and go to bed. You know, and it's it's extremely jarring. It's funny that you bring up the episodes because that would have been great, and you could have done, you know, a pre order bonus, like you already pre ordered. No, no cash back. Could have done the you could have done the two hour Joel scene, you know, three days, two days before you could get episode one. Well, and you could have ended it right where you could have ended it at a point to where you don't know that Joel's dead. Like it just ends right there with Abby's about to swing the last club, you know, and it just ends. And you're like, oh my God, right. what's gonna do, you know, and the internet's a buzz talking about it. I mean, it it actually would have been a really good idea to do that. I don't think you should have had to pay for each episode. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, you but, don't. No, I don't think that. I don't think that that was the case. Um, it's kind of like you know, if you buy a Telltale game. I right? was just going to say pay, that you don't pay for each episode. You pay for the game, and then the episodes uh, come out. Uh, but yeah, I think. The, the game story suffered a bit because it was all jammed together. But I mean, that's pretty standard, right? That's what we get. You know, uh, that's like red dead redemption. You know, that didn't come out at red dead redemption two didn't come out in episodes that that whole game was there. But I think the difference is there was just no way you were, there was, I, mean, I guess you could consume red dead, you know, redemption two in a week, but my God, that's bad. Like that's like a 50 hour experience. You know, yeah, uh, and that's not even doing everything in the game, to be honest with you. That's a minimum 50 hour experience. Uh, the Last of Us 2 is just more linear. And for them to deliver a 50, a 50 hour linear game would have been. Yeah, no boy. No, like, you know, that that wouldn't have worked out well. But, you know, hopefully in the future, I think maybe they, they possibly consider that because I just feel like, you know. With our experience doing the show, I think it would have been better if if they kind of forced you to take your time and, you know, basically digest each thing as it was kind of happening. So, yeah, because I mean, 
probably for years to come, I'm going to be digesting this game. I mean, it, I've been done with it for a long time, and I still think about it. You know, I've talked about it before, driving down the street. I still think about it. I still, you know, it affected me on a different level than most of the, you know, stories that I normally take in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first finished the game, I was just happy to be done with the game. But going through it the second time, I'm like, God, to be honest, I kind of don't want it to be over, which is weird. Because I knew the ending was coming, and I'm like, uh, I kind of want to be over right now, but you know, it is. Um, so th- another thing I kind of want to address with the game itself um, is, you know, Ellie, right? Her, her, her being hellbent on revenge. Some people, or so I shouldn't say it's just some people, but some of the buzz or or things I've heard around the game is that you know they don't they think that they kind of went too hard on ellie right like she went too hard on it she went too hard on the revenge like it doesn't make sense that she went this hard on the revenge aspect right i mean don't get me wrong joel is a father figure to her but joel is not her father right yeah um but the thing about it and now that we finished the game you can kind of look at it in chronological order and if you think about it the beginning of the game or the beginning of this saga are the night is is the night of the dance that's kind of what kicks everything off in my opinion where you have the dance you have what's was it was it seth or i forget his name uh starts with s i think it was seth right the bigot sandwiches yeah bigot sandwiches (laughs) guy yeah that guy so you know you have that and then you have ellie talk to joel and obviously you know ellie and Joel had been estranged for a while because it was two years from the time she found out what happened uh, in Utah or at the Firefly base and that night. And um, yeah, like she, they had been estranged. They hadn't been talking. Like she was angry at Joel. And then, you know, I think she had been thinking about it for a while, but her and Joel talked that night. They finally talked things out. And she's ready to try to forgive him. And even, you know, in the beginning of the game, she's like, hey, I was thinking about when Dino's asking her what she was doing tonight. She's like, well, I'm thinking about inviting Joel over to watch one of his favorite movies. Right. Because she's trying. She wants to repair the relationship. She's ready to repair the relationship. um, And she's ready to forgive him. And I think she's also pretty. Like, she's just had that whole thing happen with with Dina and. She's feeling some happiness, you know, some hope for the future at that point, you know. And so she's kind of like looking at it like, well, if Joel had to done what he done, then I wouldn't be here to enjoy this, you know. So maybe that's starting to creep in, you know, whereas before she was looking at Dina from the outside in, like she was her friend, but she was in love with her. She thought there was no chance at that. So maybe just hope is creeping in now, finally. Possibly, but the thing is, like she, she did like the 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 day after, they they kind of make amends, right? She decides she's like, look, I want to try to forgive you, and they want to work on the relationship. The very next day, he dies, you know, and so from her perspective, she's she could be feeling a lot of a, she could be feeling a lot not on not on top of sadness and anger, she could be feeling regret because for the last two years. Sure, her and Joel, the guy that saved her life, 
you know, the guy yep. that cared enough about her to save her life. Uh, he he's gone, and she'll never have a chance to she'll she'll never have a chance to make amends with him. It's kind of like me being upset that Abby killed Joel because I wanted to see him. You know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not vindicate himself, but you know, oh, uh, was- to see to see him turn over a new leaf. Just think about Kratos. Yeah. you'll think of the word. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Redeem yeah, himself. See, redeem. redeem himself. Yeah, there we go. We're recording late here, folks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to, to redeem himself. And I got robbed of that because Abby killed Joel. Right. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Joel robbed her of a father. So I'm not, you know, that's one thing. But at the same time, yeah, you know, I think uh, Ellie feels a bit robbed that she won't have a chance to you know, rectify things with Joel. And like I said, she probably also feels regret. So I think that's one of the reasons why she was so hell bent on getting revenge. Yep. You and know? you have to think it's only three days, you know, they definitely travel up there and that's some time, but I mean, it's, you know, probably took a week to get there. And then the three a days. Week? They, go- they, weren't, well, they weren't. Well, where is that? That's uh, isn't it Wyoming? That's where they are. Like Wyoming, right? I'm not positive. I wish they would have kind of like shown us. But I mean, she didn't have time to really. Like the anger was just fuming, you know, she was just. She was driven by it. And it's, you know, not like where we had time to digest it. Like you were talking about. She was going there and she was hell bent. This is what I'm doing. They're all dying. We had the same, we had the same feeling she did when, when we were going through it, everyone in this room going to be dead. That's what you said. You know, like the first time we saw it, you know? Yeah. And I meant that shit. I still mean it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but well, actually, and that's another thing. Like I honestly don't think she would have killed all of them if they would have cooperated. But then again, who's going to cooperate with her, right? She was prepared to kill them. Uh, I think, I don't think she would have killed uh, Nora. Is it Nora? Nora. Yeah, Nora. Sorry. I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn on PC too. So I'm like, am I just thinking about the Nora? Because that's what, <laughs> that's the type of people that Aloy, like that's, that's their tribe, the Nora. Or I was like, is her name actually Nora? <laughs> um, but no. So Nora, I like. I think if Nora would have just given her the information, she wouldn't have killed her in the first place, or she would have mercy killed her uh, when she was getting infected, right? As opposed yep. to beating her, I don't think she would have killed um, Mel and Owen, especially because Owen is the one that saved her, essentially. Yep. Well, Owen's the one that saved her life. And she was, you know, at that point, she was pretty much tired of the killing without reason. Like, after she killed Dora, she was messed up. And so. She was, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she would have killed if they would have cooperated. Tommy killed the first guy who's still nameless. I don't even think he has any voice lines, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> like, I can't remember the name of that guy. She only killed uh, the dude at the school because. He, you know, he was trying to kill them. He was about to kill Dina. You know, they didn't kill. He, they did not kill uh, Leah, who was at the uh, TV station. They didn't kill her. The the scars killed her. Yep. You know, so actually she got off easy because she only had a bunch of arrows in her chest. Like she could have been strung up and then 
you know, it disemboweled. Yeah, but Ja, they were video game arrows, which are worse <laughs> than regular arrows, remember? Yes, video game arrows are worse. <laughs> They're worse than video game bullets. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I honestly, I kind of feel like Abby and Ellie have the same story, just at different parts of that story, right? Yep. Like Ellie, Ellie feels like the beginning of Ellie, Abby's story. And Abby's story feels like the end of Ellie's story with an epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because Abby completes her goal and then feels bad about it. But I believe, I feel like Ellie was on the same path as Abby because Abby was hell bent on getting revenge, so hell bent on getting revenge that she destroyed close relationships around her she destroyed her relationship with owen i'm pretty sure that she had a, at least a healthy relationship with mel because mel and her father were close mel was her father's best student oh yeah wanted to bring that up i actually forgot to put that into my notes if mel was her father's greatest student or best student why was she not in the operating room with ellie because she wasn't no that was somebody wasn't. else yeah that is a good point Mm-hmm. Loophole, Neil. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure she had a healthy relationship with uh Mel. I mean, I'm pretty sure Nora was also a student of her father's and she wasn't there either. Um, but I, it seems like she still had a healthy relationship with Nora, but I don't think she was as close she was like as close to Nora or um, you know, Leah, whatever the guy's name is uh. with the scar on your face. Uh, the, I think the re- reason she was close to Manny is because they were bunked together. Hold on, though. There were two, m- like, medical assistants or doctors that Joel didn't kill. There were. Neither they, of yeah, them was Nora? Nope. Nope. They okay. were not. I, I went back and watched it. I have the my entire Last of Us Part 1 playthrough as well. Okay. Uh, so I went back and watched the video. Uh, it's like It starts with a K. Because oh, I think it's like Kyrie or something like that. Because <laughs> she, when when Joel kills Jerry, Kyrie is like, "You're a fucking monster," or something like that. And the dude is like, "Shut up, Kyrie!" <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, they're you know, yeah, it, it wasn't. Then it starts. I'm pretty sure it starts with a K. Um, but uh, yeah. I I, I kind of feel like they're on the, like, you know, Abby's, if Ellie would have actually killed Abby, it would have ended the same, it, you kind of would have been the same way, right? And we talked about that a little bit last week, right? You know, she would have killed her, she probably would have felt good for a bit, but at the end of the day, like, she still would have been in pain, you know? Um, One thing that I did, actually, I, I don't know, I don't want to say that it was interesting, but one thing that I did notice is that you can... And I don't think it was really hidden or anything like that. I don't know if anybody else, how many other people really picked up on it, but you can tell the character states by uh, Abby by her dreams and Ellie by her visions, essentially, right? And and um, journal. And journal, but I'm talking about, okay, so Abby, for example, right? Um, after every day, or at the beginning of every day, sorry, she has a dream. Like so, that flashback in the beginning when when you go uh, free the zebra and you know you kind of walk through the process 
uh, or the day that Abby's dad died, right? Mm-hmm. That flashback wasn't just a flashback. That was a dream that Abby was having. So her, the first day of the dream is her of her dad getting killed. The second day starts with uh, the same type of dream, but when she opens the door, instead of seeing her dad dead, she sees uh, Yara and Lev hanging, right? Mm-hmm. The third day, which happens after you save Yara's life, when she opens the door, it's her dad is there. He's alive. It's probably before, you know, the surgery. Her dad's in the surgery room. So she remembers she remembers her dad before, uh, you know, what happened to him. With Ellie, it's the same thing, right? Ellie has those flashes of Joel and of his face, you know, being all bruised and beat up and, you know, him dying. That's the, those are the flashbacks and the memories she keeps having until the very end where she remembers him on the porch. Yep. You know, so those dreams and, and flashbacks really show you the, the, you know, the character states and Abby's dream state didn't really change until she had saved Yara and Lev. I mean, technically speaking, if Lev doesn't go back to the Scar Island, they kind of live happily ever after, right? Lev, Yara, Mel, and um, Owen go off to Santa Barbara. Abby goes somewhere, you know, <laughs> Abby, you know what I'm saying? Abby goes, Abby goes somewhere. Abby probably goes back to the WLF, I think, and just joins them for their raid and takes whatever punishment um, Isaac gives her. I don't know. I don't know that Abby leaves Lev at that point. You know, if they get the boat fixed in time. And they would have extra, ha- like Owen would have extra hands to do it at that time. They just leave, and then Ellie never gets to him in in time. And I, and I know, I know. Uh, dang it! Why do I always forget her name? I know Mel, which is weird because it's my wife's name. But <laughs> I know, I know Mel wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have wanted Abby to go. But I think Owen would have been like, "Listen, we're all going." You know, I think that's what would have went down, and I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't think I, Mel, not Mel. Sorry, but Owen. I don't think he ever confronts Mel about Abby, right? You know, like he he doesn't seem like that type of 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 person. And even even if he does, Abby puts her foot down and says no. You think so? I, I yeah. I think just if Lev was going with them, Abby's going. No, because Abby already. You know, actually, her and Owen talked about it when her and Owen, when Owen wanted her to go, she was saying, I can't No, Like she was saying no at that point, And she knew Lev was going to go with them. Right. Yeah, I think point. Abby would. I think Abby would have just been happy sending Lev off at that point, you know. But that was the thing. like Abby had absolution once she, you know, she had officially saved Yara, which means that Lev and Yara we're safe. Uh, I think Ellie, if she does kill Abby, if she successfully kills Abby, she's in the same boat as Abby, right? She kills Abby missions done, but she still has these terrible memories of Joel, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's kind of the importance of that final flashback. She has of Joel because, you know, she's, she basically, she caught up to where to Abby's mindset before Abby did, you know what I'm saying? It took Abby four years and some change to get there. 
And in that process, she basically ruined her closest relationships, got her friends killed, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, but Ellie. Is, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say, Ellie kind of was on that path already, right? Ellie did, you know, burn, like she lost some of her closest relationships. Uh, Jesse's dead. Tommy is in a free fall, and he's probably like, he's like, you know, he's not happy with her. Uh, Dina. She burned that relationship with Dina. So she, like, on this quest for revenge, she's burning her closest relationships just to get there. And then, you know, like I said last week, that last memory, it, it kind of frustrates me when I hear people say it's just a random thought of Joel. Like, no, it's not a random thought of Joel. It's a very specific memory of Joel. And she, she, and, and yeah, and she, she caught up to it. Like, this is just not worth it, you know? And it's not because revenge is bad. It's not because revenge is bad. Like, that's not the point of the, that's not the moral of the story. It's just that, you know, she doesn't have to continue that cycle in order to feel good. You know, she can choose to forgive, you know, so, but go ahead, Bob. I, I interrupted you. Well, and that's like the only tragic flaw I see with the story is just the fact that that discussion, he was my father. The doctor, you know, was never was never conveyed, and we don't know. Like Ellie's decision makes a lot more sense if she knows that that was her that that was her father that Joel killed, and it makes a lot more sense with when she lets go. But at the same time, I think you're I think you're right. Like that flashback really shows what she was upset about like she was like that gives you a how how can i properly say this it gives you a time of forgive of forgiveness and that was the specific memory is when she decided it was okay to forgive joel for that and it was powerful it wasn't just a random memory it was powerful like it was the it was the you know, second time I, I cried. And this time it wasn't, you know, uncontrolled bawling like I was when I realized I killed the dog. But it was, you know, a tear came down my eye, which is the normal way I normally cry. Like, you <laughs> that's, know, that's that standard Bob procedure for crying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit older. So, like, some movies do it to me, but it's usually like, you know, a tear comes down and maybe a sniffle, but. You know, it it, uh, it it was powerful. Yeah, I know. I, it is. Uh, I, I hear, you know, talks of people, you know, talking about the finger wagging that Naughty Dog was trying to do. Neil Druck was trying to do to tell you that revenge is bad. But I didn't take it that way. Um, for me, it's kind of something that I think anyway. You know, maybe that's why I thought of it, thought of it this way versus, you know, them trying to finger wag and say, hey, revenge isn't worth it to me. It's more like you, other people can affect your emotional state, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for your emotions and how you handle it and how you manage your emotions, right? Even if Ellie kills Abby, uh, it does not get rid of the pain of Joel's death. She has to recover from that regardless, you know? Uh, and I think she realized, and that's why I think she realized that killing Abby was pointless. I will say 
that even though while I understand that, the ending felt hollow to me because based on everything that Ellie lost, none of it was worth it. At least if she killed Abby, at least she got the job done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she, 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 she would have achieved her goal. But I guess I don't think the message was revenge is bad. I think the message, because there's, we've talked about this. There's no bad and good in this story. It's it's a whole exactly. bunch of grays, and I think the message is revenge. Doesn't replace that hole in so many people who have gotten like big time revenge on people will tell you that it didn't make them feel better, you know. And if it did make you feel better, you might be a sociopath. <laughs> you know what I well, mean, I think. I think it would have been a quick fix, like a quick fix, like for feel, feel better time. for a little bit. And then that's it. Like Abby, I'm pretty sure she felt good after she got Joel finally. Oh yeah. But then she's, she's still obviously having issues with her dad's death at that point. Like she, so yeah. Yeah. And then like you could tell early on in Abby's story, if you pay attention, she's, she's messed up about it. And when you know Mel talks about it, like she's like, yeah, you know, like she doesn't really have a, like she feels ashamed for the way she did it too. Is is what I felt, right? Yeah. So and and I mean, like one thing I also want to talk about because we you know we talk about there's no bad guys, no good guys here. One point that I've constantly are heard made is that if anybody was the good guy, if anybody had the moral high ground, it was Abby. And I disagree. I 100% disagree with that, and this is why. Abby wanted to kill Joel, get revenge on Joel for killing her dad, right? Her dad did not have the moral high ground over Joel in the situation, and here's why. Now, I even said this. When we, were, when we were doing the ending of The Last of Us Part 1. So check out that finale uh, if you want to hear this is toward the end. But I said, objectively, objectively, I believe the Fireflies were doing the right thing. The actions of the Fireflies were going to do the most good for the human race. But morally, they were not right. Um, yeah, morally, the, the right thing would have been to ask Ellie if she's willing exactly. to give her life. Right. So, yeah, like, they, Ellie was still unconscious. They did their tests. They said, yeah, we can make a vaccine. And they pressed, on, well, Jerry specifically pressed on um, Marlene to approve it. Actually, they would have did it anyway, even if Marlene said no. But they wanted her blessing because it would have went smoother. Pressed on Marlene to get it done. And then they were going to kill Ellie to get the virus, right? Or to get the vaccine. If they would have woken Ellie up, told her the situation, and actually they didn't even have to wake her up immediately, right? They, this was not a time-sensitive issue. <laughs> they could have, like, you know, if she woke up in a day or two, they could have said, okay, look, we did test on you, and we can get a vaccine. We can get a vaccine out of you. However, you will die. Yep. And I mean, she could have told them right then and there because at the end of the day, I think we all know, especially with the way that she reacted to Joel, we all know she would have agreed to it, right? 
but she could have had a day, a couple of days to think about it. This entire situation. I don't know. Why? I can't say that she would have agreed to it because it's real easy after the fact to say I would have agreed to that. It's really easy for me to say I would give my life for the human race, but in the moment <laughs> when the fear well, is is in your face, like that is a different decision. But they could have, yeah, they could have had Joel in there. They could have talked to her. They could have. You know, came with this. Joel could have said goodbye. I love you. You were the best thing that's happened to me in my entire life, last 20 years. Like it actually could have worked out if they had done the morally right thing. Right. Well, first of all, like the thing, one of the reasons uh, I do believe that she definitely would have said yes is because at the end of The Last of Us, she told her story. Uh, actually, that takes place in, um, oh God, what was the DLC called? uh left behind she tells her story about left behind and she says you know um my friend died Tess died and i'm i was just waiting this i was waiting for my turn i was waiting for my turn to die so i think at that point in the game she's still in her life she would have said yes gotcha um, but yeah like this could the entire situation could have been different right if one because from the moment joel came into contact with the fireflies at the base they were acting like a dick to him you know, if they would have, if, if instead of going to immediately try to kill Ellie, Marlene would have let him see Ellie, you know, uh, waited for her to wake up, had that conversation. Joel would have probably been like, no, you know, he would have been upset. He would have said no, but Ellie could have calmed him down. Yep. You know, Ellie could have said, this is going to be okay. This is, this is for the best. The whole situation could have been different, you know, but no, they yep. didn't do that. They rushed to kill Ellie. They treated Joel like a dick, which is why in that uh, the, 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 secu- the guy who was his security or supposed to get him out of the base, you know, he actually, you know, he assaulted him. So Joel killed him. Yep. You know, open and shut case. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the entire situation could have been different if they would have did the morally right thing. And if she says no, she says no. You know, that's yep. that's a different story. Then, you know, that's that's a different tale. But they didn't do that. So they decide to kill Ellie without her consent. Joel is like, no, like he didn't even have time to process it. He did not have time to process it. That entire cutscene with him and Marlene, I'm pretty sure it takes less than 90 seconds. Yep. Right. So he didn't have time to process it. He jumps into action. You know, he gets into the room, actually even Jerry. So when he gets into the room with Jerry in the beginning of the last of us, part two, they cut out a line from the like from the end of from him and Jerry's interaction, right? The only thing they have Jerry say is, you know, don't do this or like, you know, this can save millions of lives or something like that. They don't say the part where Jerry tells him don't come any closer and points the knife at him. You points know, the, yeah, they don't the do that. scalpel. And this is yeah. black Jerry too. Yeah, and we're going to get into that a little <laughs> bit, but yeah. So Jerry Jerry does that. If Jerry moves to the side, I don't think Joel kills him. Jerry was in the way of him getting Ellie. I don't. Yep. They. I mean, they Joel didn't kill the other the the other doctors or the other medical assistants or whatever they were. Exactly. They almost make it seem like he killed Jerry out of rage or strategically because he didn't want anybody coming after Ellie for the vaccine. Like, no, I, I, he didn't do that. Like, he just killed him because he was in the way. You know. Yep. Don't point. Well, it's not a knife; it's a scalpel. Don't point a scalpel at somebody unless you're going to use it. <laughs> you know so yeah like it's 
Yeah, like I, this whole situation could have just been different. And if they did the morally right thing and they did not. So I'm not going to say Joel was justified. He wasn't. Every action doesn't have to be justified or unjustified. It's just, it can just be an action. And he took an action based on the little time he had to process. And then Abby did an act. You know, Abby, you know, she, she got revenge on him. And I am not upset with Abby. I, I don't think Abby, what Abby did was unfair um i think she was personally justified in what she did but at the end of the day like that doesn't mean she has the moral high ground because now ellie in my opinion is morally is uh is personally justified to go after abby you know yeah i think neither of them had a moral high high ground i think that's the whole Mm -hmm. that's the whole point if you if you think one of them's more guilty than the other I just have to say I disagree with you. I, you know, it took him different times to process things. Abby or Abby had to sit there and stew for four for four years, increasing her anger and getting more and more angry and consumed by rage and hatred for long. And Ellie got to get some revenge on some of the people in the room early on in her struggle, which. If Abby had had the same type of deal, like Abby had a single purpose to get Joel and Ellie had a purpose, a multiple purpose to get a bunch of people, you know, like, and right. You, you, you can't compare the two. It's apples and oranges. It's, you can't say one was more justified than the other. And guess, you know, I don't know, like maybe if Abby had just, talk to joel maybe she would have understood and not killed him like if she had taken him prisoner and just talked to him and understood why maybe she could have you know not killed him in the first place maybe she could have forgiven early i don't know maybe i think i think she would have killed him anyway because she has i mean she has all the pertinent information she needed right there were no question marks Joel brought the immune girl there. Joel killed her dad to save the immune girl because she, Abby knew that the immune girl was going to die. She had all the pertinent information. So I think that that there was no talking there. I also think while in Seattle, there was no talking between Abby and Ellie. I think Nora told her that, you know, who Joel killed was, was Abby's dad. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe that too, because it just makes the story better. And there's yeah. nothing to say that it's not true. Right. Now, you did say one thing last week uh, that you think that Abby actually got the short end of the stick. And I disagree. And I disagree based on the end of the game, where the characters are at the end of the game. So you were right. Abby did lose seven friends. But let's also remember that Abby was willing to risk it all to find Joel in the beginning of the game. You know. Owen laid out in the beginning of the game when they first found um, Jackson. Hey, there's a lot of people in there. They send patrols out. It's a huge risk. If I go back and tell everybody that she's that he's in there or that there's this town here, they're going to want to go back. They're not going to want to do it. And when Owen left, Abby said, fuck it and went forward. Abby could have went to find Joel, could have got caught, and now... What's her group going to do? They're going to try to save her. That's what they do. And that puts then her entire group at risk. So Abby was willing to risk all of her friends to get Joel 
in the first place. Okay. Right? Fair. So she she didn't lose all of her friends, but at the end of the game, where is she? She succeeded in her mission to get revenge on Joel. Not enough. She actually found absol- absolution in saving Yara and Lev, right? So she has absolute even in Santa Barbara, she her and Lev are happy. Then on top of that, she found the fireflies. That's her family. That's her family. That's who she grew up around. So she has she found her family. She has Lev, and she's alive at the end of the game. When she gets on that boat, she's in bad shape. Don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure she ain't too happy <laughs> at that point. At that point. But when she, you know, let's just imagine that you know it plays out the way it's supposed to. That she gets on the boat and they ride to whatever Catalina Island, and they go to the place they're supposed to go, and the fireflies find her. She has her family. She's got Lev. She completed her goal. She's happy. At the end of the game, Ellie has lost Joel. She's lost Jesse. She's lost Dina. She lost JJ. She probably lost Tommy. He is in bad shape. She lost two fingers and the ability to play the guitar unless she learns how to play it in her alternate hand, right? And that is it. There's no silver lining. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't can't really combat you on that. That was that was a well put together argument the only thing i could say is that abby had to live the four years with hate building up in her which was probably a horrible existence but i can't argue with at the end of the game yeah at the end of the game ellie definitely has the shortest end of the stick like she's got the she's got the nubbin yeah i mean you're right abby did have to live with it for longer you know but at the same time she kind of she's she's recovering from that. She has everything she needs to kind of recover from that, you know. So, yeah, that that's that. So that's that's why I think Ellie really did get the short end stick, and it's one of the reasons why I think the ending really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because they want Ellie to be happy, and that's one. It just feels like nothing. Like you did all that for nothing, <laughs> you know. Yep. And you just think back to that funny girl who was making fun of uh making fun of what's his name in his little town god what was his name oh yeah bill bill, bill. yeah you just <laughs> yeah. think of like the fun girl that she was and what a sad state she's in now and with nobody really i mean i don't even know where she's headed to is she headed back to jackson or is she just who knows walking into the void in you know pure depression who knows uh, before we get into a couple facts around the game, there I did say that I have like I I have two story ideas for The Last of Us Part Three if they ever come out. Right? There's um you know the original so in the in the original I shouldn't say in the original game but originally Ellie was supposed to kill Abby right but that didn't happen. Uh, so I kind of have well if they did that they could do this but then you know actually let's let's start with that one because that's the shorter one it's the more it's the the I guess the easier one to predict where Ellie kills Abby, right? And then the next game, Lev is hunting down Ellie, you know, to get revenge. So he's on his revenge path. And Ellie is actually dealing with the same stuff that Abby was in terms of trying to find absolution and trying to find um, closure and stuff like that. So, right, that's an easy one. However, with the way the game ended now, like with the way it it currently ended, um, I think. An interesting story would be Abby makes it to the fireflies, 
right? She gets there. She finds out that they have another doctor that can make the vaccine. Somebody who is able, who is capable of making the vaccine. I like this. I like this. I thought about something like this. Yeah. And Abby's like, I know where the immune girl lives. And Abby goes, takes the fireflies and they go hunting for Ellie. But, you know, Ellie is still dealing with her own shit. So maybe she's not in Jackson, but she hears about what they did, did to Jackson, you know? And so, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's, um, that would make a, an interesting story for the last of part three. And, you know, feel free to work that out. You can have it for free. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks for the game. Just send me a copy for free, please. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I do think that would be too interesting. Like, uh, like especially the one like with the with the way the current game ended would be interesting. Um, but a couple facts around the game. So Bob mentioned it earlier, but in the first Last of Us, Jerry was actually black. He was not white. And the speculation around why they changed his race, uh, a lot of people are saying that well, it's MSJW stuff and. They didn't want a person of color to be the bad guy, right? They didn't want a person of color to be to kill uh to kill Joel and cause issues, right? To make players angry. And I just disagree with that. I think that's really silly. Um I think honestly, and I think it shows a lack of uh how the development process works in games or even movies and stuff like that, you know, how the, how that story creative process works. What I imagine happened is that they made Abby. They 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 created Abby. They knew who Abby was. Uh, they knew that Abby was going to kill Joel, right? They knew that this was going to happen. What I don't think they knew when they created Abby was why she was going to kill Joel and how. I don't think that's what they put together yet to be honest with you yeah i agree yeah. i agree completely and or actually they might not have even known that abby was going to kill joel they might have known that abby was going to kill somebody close to uh to ellie which maybe could have been dina it could have been dina maybe abby was going to kill dina but that's a trope too that is a trope where like um you know, like the gay or lesbian lover gets killed. Like all there's a gay couple and one of them gets killed. That that is a trope. Mm-hmm. So maybe they wanted to that maybe they wanted to stay away from that, which I'm like, okay, yeah, like because you know, tropes kind of suck most of the time. Like if it's predictable. <laughs> you know what I'm yep. saying? Um this game so, definitely wasn't predictable. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's that's what I think actually happened. Like they had the concept of Abby and they knew Abby was gonna kill somebody close to Ellie. They knew that. But they just didn't know who. Uh, so I think that's what it was more so than not wanting a person of color killing Joel. Come on. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if they did what. I, I just I still I'm still upset about the leader of the wolves, the WLF. Like I wanted to know more about him and Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac was a complete loss. He could have been a really interesting character. Hey guys, come on, just make us some DLC. I'd love to just see his come to power. You know, it wouldn't even be really that related. You know, it would just be use the same assets and let's go. I actually, yo, you know, would be an excellent idea, Neil. I know you listen to this show, so listen up. (laughs) What would be an excellent idea? Don't call it The Last of Us, right? Make it another game 
put it in the Last of Us world. Use the same combat system from this game and make it WLF Guerrilla Tactics versus Fedra. Hell yeah, dude. That would oh, be yeah. sweet. And it'd be like a straight up action game. And I mean, the game is really built. I mean, it's beautiful that they were able to build it with stealth and action. And I got to, you know, I'm telling you, on your next playthrough, you got to do the difficulty settings like I did, where you could just you just run in there and, dude, you're really Rambo. It's awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, don't call it The Last of Us because obviously, you know, people expect a certain type of game with The Last of Us. Call it something else. You're paying people a lot of money to come up with names and shit like that. So I'm pretty sure they can figure it out. But yeah, man, that would be amazing because I think I said it earlier. I'm not sure if I said it on the show, though, that I would love for them to take the mechanics from this game and make a straight up action game. Dude, there, I don't know and- who it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sell it just like, okay, so Far Cry 4 did this awesome uh, $15 DLC, and you didn't even have to own the game to buy it. It was... Uh, you mean Far Cry 3? Was or, Yeah, yeah, Blood yeah. Dragon? Blood yeah. Dragon, yeah. Blood Dragon was so cool, dude. It's actually in, like, one of my favorite games, and it wasn't even really a game. It was just, like, a joke they made up, but it was... All the 80s action movies from, you know, my childhood. But, like, just do something completely off and just sell it separately. And, I mean, you've already got the assets. You could do it easy. Yeah. It's a little harder for them than Blood Dragon, and I'll tell you why. So, Voice. Uh, Far, Cry, Far Cry 3 was an open world game. Blood Dragon, I'm pretty sure all they did was reskin the open world they already built. Yep. Since The Last of Us is a more linear game you'd either be going through the same exact locations or they'd have to build new locations. And that's where the trouble kind of comes in. If it's not a reskin, it's going to be a lot of work, but I think it'll be awesome. So, but uh, two other things, one, and this is about the music in the game. And I think it's also, so remember we said, uh, or I think I said that originally Abby Ellie was supposed to kill Abby. So the music where Abby kills Joel is called the cycle of violence. The music where Ellie fights Abby is called the cycle continues. So I think like that's, I think they, they, they titled the tracks early in the story, like early in, in story development. Yeah. To be honest with you, because that sounds like, you know, the cycle continues. Like she kills Ellie. Or, I mean, Ellie kills Abby and then boom, you know, now we're back at the beginning of the cycle. <laughs> well, and I'm curious like what type of story changes might have changed a little bit or been tweaked a little bit after all the leaks came out? Because they came out like really early. And I wonder if they anything did. was ever changed. But I mean, didn't they, the leaks only really told about, cause I didn't, I didn't, I still have not read what the leak was. But it wasn't the leak about Joel dying. Wasn't the leak about Abby killing Joel? Yes, but the specifics of it was Joel's killed by a transgender woman. Really? That was the leak? Oh, yeah. It was all over the internet. Uh, Sony uh, laid down the, you know, like lots of those those videos have been taken out completely. But, I mean, as far as we know, Abby's just a girl, like just. She was born a girl. She is a girl. Like, I mean, there's no transgender anything mentioned in the story at all. And it, I just wonder if it was, you know, if that was their reasoning 
you know, and we never brought this up on the show because it didn't make sense. Like the story never says that she is a transgender woman, you know, that was a man before. But it would, I mean, kind of makes sense. Her dad was a doctor. He could have transitioned her at a young age, which would have changed a lot of her development growing up. But like, they just don't even talk about that. And so I wonder if it's something that they actually cut out in cutscenes, you know, prior. Like, maybe that's why her and Owen were at odds when he found that out or something. I, I mean, I don't know, but it was definitely a weird leak. That never came to fruition, whereas all the other leaks were pretty much on par with what happened in the game. But as far as we know, Abby is not a transgender woman. She's just a woman who got really freaking buff, you know? Right. So according, I mean, I mean, the canon of it at this point is that Abby is not transgender. I mean, it's possible that maybe she was, but the reason I'm still leaning on no is for two reasons um abby's face is of a non-transgender woman that the abby's face like and actually i'm pretty sure she's a vx uh v uh, uh v fx artist sorry and i think she worked at naughty dog at the time um but that's a non that's that's a a, a non-transgender woman she's not transgender also abby's body is based off of a non-transgender woman as well. Like her yeah. body is based off of some kind of um MMA like she's fighter. She's like a No, she's not an MMA fighter. She's like a CrossFit champion. Like I don't know how CrossFit competitions work to be perfectly honest with you, but she's like some like she is some type of like CrossFit champion. Like she uh she does a lot of CrossFit. She's very good at it. And that's who Abby's body is based off of. So her face and her body, while they're based on two different women, but neither of them are transgender. In 2020, if you're going to do a transgender woman, you're, I, I, I would believe that her body would need to be, would probably be, I don't, it doesn't need to be based on a transgender woman, but I would, I would think that as progressive as Naughty Dog is, they would base the body on a transgender woman because if Abby did come out as transgender, right? Like if that was the case and then people start digging around like, well, who's her body based on stuff like that? Somebody's going to complain about the fact that they used a non-trans woman's body to, uh, you know, to kind of represent a trans woman, yeah. just like how they do with, you know, when an actor, when an actor um, uh, does a, a role of a transgender person, but the actor is not actually transgender. That's a problem. So I, I think that if she was actually transgender from the start, they would have had like the body at the very least the body. Actually, no, I actually balance through the face and the body. In my opinion, would have been a, of a transgender yeah. woman. Yeah, and and I mean that's just. It was interesting because I was just I was just curious, you know. It didn't, you know. I that the leaks that I got, I guess we could talk about this now. Uh, the leaks yeah. that I got was just that Joel is killed by a transgender uh, woman, and Ellie goes to kill her, and like that's that's the leaks I got, and then I stopped so that I couldn't see anything else, uh, and I was just pissed about Joel getting killed. Like the transgender right. <laughs> part, I didn't care one little bit, you know? And so it's just interesting that I I wondered if all the hate on the internet came from 
the word transgender. I was just curious about it, and I don't know if they would have changed it because of that, but either way, there was no reason for us to ever talk about it on the regular podcast because it's not in the game. It's not well, canon. Thing, right, it's not canon. The thing about it, though, it wouldn't have mattered if the woman was transgender or a um, a cisgender. I think I believe that's the correct It term. wouldn't have mattered if woman. she was black, white, Asian, male, female, uh, it would have mattered if she was if it, not she, but it would have mattered if it was a male. I think if they had a man kill Joel, the the people still would have been upset that Joel died, but the response would have been less visceral. One of the reasons the responses were so visceral is because they're like, "Oh, great, a transgender woman or a woman kills Joel. How progressive SJW bullshit." That's what happened. Oh, you right? think so? Yes. Yeah, oh I, yeah. I, oh yeah. I wouldn't have cared. I would have had the same reaction no matter what it was. Like it That's, doesn't matter if it was an orc, a troll, a gnome, Bob, a little cute little old, fairy. How old are you? Uh, forty. Thanks yes. for dating me, sir. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing that people forget about the internet, and especially gamers on the internet. You only hear the vocal minority on the internet. At no point in time, if somebody's shouting about shit on the internet, is it a vocal majority? It's yep. not. Never. Just ever. Say, it's never. It's not. Because here's the deal. The, the people who you hear the most on the internet are people who actively engage in social media. And even before social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Google+. Plus, <laughs> we were making angry <laughs> forum messages in exactly. weird forums. Yep. Exactly. So you had forum messages, right? And all those people are still the same age group. You're talking about people who are probably between the ages of 15, I want to say the 25. That's probably what, those are the people who are the most actively oh, engaged on those platforms. I see where you go with this. And then the age of the average gamer is 31. There are more gamers that are 36 and older than between the 18 to 35 range. The demographic, like there are more gamers who are 36 and older than there are gamers that are between the 18 and 35 range and also 18 and below range. You're never hearing the majority when you hear people shout out on the internet. This is why the entire internet could explode. They could review bomb The Last of Us and it sells 4 million copies in the first weekend, and it's the PS4's third best-selling game. Yep. Because and they are a minority. Now that you're mentioning it, I just can't even... I, I am so thankful that YouTube and Twitter and everything else wasn't around when I was ranting exactly. as a 19-year-old idiot. Like exactly, I, I am so glad that wasn't like, and most of those sites are probably down bro, by now. Like you can't even find that shit. I could see my form post in my head right now, dude. I, I had some gross ones, dude. <laughs> oh my god, I, I can't believe that they're that they're you know they're doing this and they're doing this just because they want to. Like what would I what would I say? I'm trying to think like what something I would say. They're doing this just because they're trying to maybe. uh uh, attract other type of people to buy the game or some stupid shit like that. Dude, and, <laughs> like, <laughs> and at that age, if anybody didn't agree with my opinion, oh, yeah. I thought they were an idiot. And turns yep. out later on in life, I realized I was the idiot because it's a fucking yep. opinion. 
<laughs> exactly. That's the kind of stuff that you're dealing with. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Now, I've had conversations with people who will bring up salient points, right? Like, they don't like what happened, and they will bring up salient points. So I'm not saying if you disagree that you are an idiot or you don't know what you're talking about or anything like that. I have talked to people who have salient points, but you get, you know what? They're also older. They're not in that age range. They're like, you know, 30 or older, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, so, there's definitely, you know, I had friends at that age group that were definitely more centered than me. And they were the ones right. that helped me grow and realize that's an opinion, Bob. You state your opinion as facts and it's not a fact. You shouldn't do that, you know? Yeah. So it's not every young person. We can't shit on them all, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not every young person. But, like, when they like, – we're talking about, like, amassing as a group like that. Like, that's what you get. It's always the same. That's why it's never going to go away, unfortunately, because you always have, you know, 15 to 25-year-olds. I'm I'm guessing that. That's 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 what I'm that, – that's a, a, a guesstimation by yep. me, right? You know? But um, you'll always have that age range. You always have people moving into uh, uh, that group of people. And the thing you got to remember is that, you know, the people, especially around the 18, 19, 20 range, you know, even 21, 22, when people are getting out of college, like they think, oh, that's it. I'm grown up. Like, I'm a grown up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can I can drink, I can smoke, I can vote. I'm a grown up, <laughs> but their world, their world experiences, generally for the most people, are still pretty small. And the older you get, as long as you as long as you're doing it right, the older you get, the more people you'll meet, the more experiences you'll have, and I think you just become a better, well rounded person. Especially, so, you know, I said it all the time on Watchpoint Radio. You know, older people can fall into a rut too. And like, I think that the only way to not fall into a rut is always remembering that the day that you believe you know it all is the day you've lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's why I think we had the response like that. And, but that, like I said, at the same time, you had this massive response that got review bombed and third, I'm pretty sure it's the third best selling game on the PlayStation four and like and YouTube. Sold, yeah. Yeah, YouTube people were shitting on it. XQC played it on a speed run on like easy and just made fun of it the whole time. Same with PewDiePie. Same with a lot of different people. And it's it's just a it's just a bummer because the only reason they did that is because they saw all the stuff coming out in the media and they knew it would get them views. They knew it would I bet you half of them. Half of those people that did those playthroughs didn't even feel the way they portrayed on their streams and um stuff. And then Possibly. other younger people follow them and, you know, just like repeat what they said. And it's just a it's just a bummer. Yeah. So I mean, with that, let's actually get into the user feedback finally, right? <laughs> like, I know, you know, this is not- this has turned out to be an epic episode here. Yeah. So uh, the first feedback that we'll go through is from Cena. I think I'm saying that correctly. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, feel free to correct me on Twitter if I'm not saying your name properly. But it's Cena, and they said, uh, "Hello, Ja. I just finished listening to your podcast. We are survivors. Thank you and Bob for the journey. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank and you. Thanks so for much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sending your feedback. Uh, so I just wanted to give my thoughts regarding the game." Personally, the game was the best piece of media I've ever consumed, including movies. The conscious scale in my mind tilted toward not killing Abby at the same time 
as it happened for Ellie. And I never had anything affect me like this in my life. It made me cry with Ellie. I guess I just wanted to have her have the option and then decide if to go through with it or not. I can understand that. I I know Bob definitely understood that. Like you pretty much linked, like you linked with that person uh, emotionally. Yeah. You know, I, I tried different ways to see if I could end it differently. And you just can't, you just have to watch Ellie die. You know, if you don't fight back, but I think for me, it hit, you know, it hit when, and we talked about it on the episode, it hit when Abby got a hold of the fireflies and her and Lev were so happy. And then fat Geralt of Rivia, you know, came in and yeah. took her out, <laughs> you know? And so that was the point in which I realized, oh, I care about this character. I don't like everything she does. I don't like anything. I don't like everything any character does in this entire game. The first game, last game, there's no character. I'm like, dude, that's me. You know, like it's, it's not that way, but that was the point I, you know, realized, Oh, I've developed a care for what happens to her and what happens to Lev. And, you know, that was what it hit me, but I can understand it. It, you know, finally hitting at, the docks with the with the fight and it just you know different strokes for different folks you know it's it's different for everybody and like that's what that's what makes this so powerful absolutely i think like when you we can establish like an emotional connection with the game it just makes it that much better like i kind of have two stories with that like but it's not this game um one more recently, it was actually Death Stranding. I'm not sure if I told the story on this on on this show. I probably didn't because there would be no reason. But I think you did. I did really like with the thing like with with me going you, over the mountain and coming down. And, oh no no no! You just said okay. you you didn't understand it till about like until forty or, hours into it. Yeah, it was forty yeah. hours into okay, the game. I thought like, you said I twenty or thirty. <laughs> no, I was forty hours into the game. I you know what? If it wasn't a Kojima game, I wouldn't have kept going. It was a Kojima game. I'm like, I know at some point something's going to happen. I need to get to that point. There's so, going to be a payoff somewhere. Yeah. So with Death Stranding, I mean, there is one run that's, I don't know if it's definitely the hardest run in the game, but it might be the hardest run in the game where you're kind of in the middle, like you're in a valley of a mountain, essentially. Uh, and you're in a snowy area, like there's snow all over the place. And they need you to take these really big canisters to a place on the coast and you got to walk it there actually you kind of have to walk everything there you can't use a vehicle because of the mountains like you just you can't do it so i had to get i had to find a way to get these canisters or these these boxes up the mountain first and when you get up the mountain there's a blizzard so it's a pretty much a complete whiteout then as you're coming down the mountain there are uh, avalanche is going on. You got to dodge that with this really heavy equipment with you. Then when you get past that, there's a huge area with a bunch of BTs and you got to get that. Then you come to an area where there's a bunch of mules. Uh, that's an enemy type in the game. They're humans, but they're called mules, right? Okay. And now you have an option. You either walk into the area and as soon as you go into the area, they will be alerted because you have packages. That's how the game works. If you have packages that are tagged, they are alerted to your presence. You can go in there if you don't have packages. But it's a game about carrying packages, so they know. Uh, so you can either do that, 
or I have to go all the way around them, which means I have to go back up the mountain and then go and then go around them. And I was just like, go ahead, Bob. So you're telling me this is future postal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I just went to the area. And the thing is, you can't kill, you can kill enemies, but anybody you kill can turn into a BT and cause a, a uh, like a big problem in the game. So basically, I have a ton of enemies rushing me. I have to knock them all out as I'm trying to run these packages through their area. And I get through the area finally. I go over one last hill. I come down the hill. And as I'm coming down the hill, I can see the coast. And just as I'm able to see the coast, the game starts playing this song and this is, it's just perfect. Like it just like emotionally, it just matched what I felt at that moment. There was like just a, a, such a feeling of relief coming down. It, exactly. It was like a huge exhale and I'm like, I get it. This is what death stranding is about. But like I said, I was 40 hours into the game that happens to some people a bit earlier in the game. If you're struggling in other areas. So I think it's the struggle like that. I, I actually did not die or anything like that. I only died with this. First of all, you can't die in the game. Um, you go into like the state and you have to pull yourself out of it. It only happened to me one time in the game. So I made it through it, but it was, it was, it was stressful, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was stressful. And that's how I feel that. I've seen like, I've seen some gameplay of that game and you've got like all these packages all over you and it just, yeah. it, just watching that stresses me out because I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, dude. Uh, yeah, uh, especially because your balance matters in that game. So, um, the, the, actually, the second one where I emotionally connected with the character, funny enough, Sleeping Dogs. You couldn't <laughs> tell me for three days I wasn't motherfucking Wei Shen. Dude, I was. I was. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I was, was a badass mofo. And I was in the mafia you know i mean it was oh, it, was, it was, so was so good dude it was so good and then i played it over again when it got remastered because i think yeah. it was it was a three it was a 360 game and it got remastered it for, was for uh, pc and, and also for consoles yeah yeah it was so good i've i've still got it in my library i bought it I, there was some sale i got it for like three bucks digitally like it's in my xbox library so yeah. i'll probably play through it again now that you reminded me of it <laughs> you know it's good because we mentioned it twice on this episode so far oh dude it's, <laughs> it was so good i i just remember renting it and being like i'm not stopping yeah <laughs> absolutely all right next up we have scuba steve 1583 this is also from twitter uh thanks for responding and thanks for uh, you know sending the feedback in uh, and thanks for listening to the show. Uh, so he says, do you think Ellie would have will have gone on her revenge spree if Joel had been killed the day before he did? The flashback at the end of the game sees Ellie and Joel beginning to make amends, and this stopped her from being able to repair their relationship. Had Joel died earlier, do you feel she would have do you feel she'd have felt the same about seeking revenge? You want to go first, Bob? Uh, that's, I mean, that's a hard one because, you know, the cutscene we saw, you know, at the very end when Ellie finally changes her tune is, you know, the, the flashback where she was talking to Joel and she was going to forgive him. If it was a day before, uh, I don't know if it was a year before. 
I think it would have been way different. But obviously, just a day, I think Ellie had been thinking about it for a long time to maybe let Joel back in her life. And I don't know that just one day would have mattered. I think she already would have been thinking about it prior to that. A year, maybe, or two years for sure. I mean, she, you know, she might have felt bad about it later or something, but I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a really good question. I think she would have had the same response because I think if Joel would have died, even without her having that conversation, she would have felt grief over the fact that um, Joel died without her making, without them making amends. I think she still would have felt that. Maybe it actually would have been worse. It might've been worse. Yeah. I think she still would have felt grief over Joel's death and, she probably wouldn't have she probably would have realized that oh I should have I should have talked to him we should have talked it out you know uh she wouldn't have and, that last memory of him you know exactly yeah she definitely would have killed Abby at that point yeah. <laughs> I think she definitely would have killed Abby so I do think that they she still would have would have done that uh so he actually had two questions in his uh in his response so he says if you'd be if you I'm gonna say if you were able to amend one part of the story what would you change and how? It sounded like you guys didn't feel the Rattlers part at the end. So uh, I'm going to let Bob uh, do his first, but I'll address the Rattlers real quick. I didn't necessarily have a problem with the Rattlers. It just felt a little lazy to me, right? Because they just, one, they needed a way to make you fight people with armor, right? So they gave you a different group. Just like they did with the, the Fireflies in the first game. The Fireflies are just a totally different group. You never encountered them before. But also, the thing about the Rattlers was that they I feel like they were just looking for a new way to shock the player. Like, oh man, these people have slaves. Um, because I, I, we kind of went over it in depth in, the, in episode 17, but it just does not make sense to have slaves. You know, and don't get me wrong, they could have more, I, well obviously the writing team and staff has more information than I do. Uh, but there was no kind of information given to the player kind of showing that they do trade these goods or they sell these goods to other groups, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can really think of that would make it worth it. But if you're just growing food for yourself, it doesn't make sense to have the slaves. You know? Yeah. It, it seemed like they were just tacking something on to have something. And there wasn't a whole lot of, it wasn't a whole lot of of substance to it, and that's the problem that we had with it. It was a fun time, though, gameplay wise. I mean, it was a yeah, because that gun, dude, that gun was <laughs> sweet. I mean, yeah. it was you know, it it was a good time. You were able to really just finally, because you know, like me, I didn't use the explosive arrows until that time because I kept saving them because that's what you do yep. in games. You save all this stuff, like. You know, Fallout 4, I used, like, one of the nukes in the Fat Man, and then I ended the game and was like, damn, I should have used those more. You know, it's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just what you do. But I think it was just a little, eh. You know, it, it, it could have been, it, I don't know, maybe they could have 
See, I don't know, because like you're gonna have different groups in every area, so I guess they had to do something because they were in Santa Barbara. You haven't been there before. They couldn't like reuse hunters or anything like that. So it was well, kind of could. It could because they they've already established that hunters are all over the place. They that's the thing. They could have already established that hunters are all over the place. Yeah, you know, not just Pittsburgh. So yeah, yeah, I guess they could, but I don't know. That just it seems story wise a little forced, but it definitely was fun gameplay. But it was fun. We could change something about the story. We've talked about this a little bit. You know, Jaws talked about maybe DLC for Abby's part. But I was thinking the other day, I mean, I wonder what the journey would have been like had you played day one as Ellie and then day one as Abby and then day two as Ellie and day two as Abby. And if you would have like worked up in that way, I wonder if it would be good. It's hard to really, to really think in my head what it would have been like because I do appreciate the anger that I had when first playing Abby. I mean, I really appreciate it because I ended up changing my mind. And I think that's powerful in a sense. And maybe it would have broken it up more. But I mean, that would have been something I think could have been a cool, a cool way to do it. Right. Yeah, if I can only pick one thing I need to get amended. Um, it's that boss fight against Ellie. It's literally what made me take this game down to a seven out of ten versus a eight out of ten. To be perfectly honest with you, it's that part. It, I it is technically speaking, right? Like if you just look at it like objectively, it's not one of the worst boss fights ever. However, from my perspective, like how I felt about it, it's one of the worst boss fights I've ever done because I had zero motivation. To do this boss fight. Yep. I had zero motivation to attack Ellie. And that's what made it really bad for me. And you have to have motivation for boss fights. But I actually think like I actually like I'm pushing the game even higher now because like I'm thinking about having to do that was like having to rip off a a band-aid, you know, of something that really hurts, you know. Like it, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it, but it affected me on such an emotional level that I have to respect it, you know? Yeah, it didn't affect me on an emotional level. I just wanted to be done with it. You said <laughs> it's like pulling a band aid off. For me, it's like holding your hand over a flame. That's what it felt like. like yeah, I just did yeah. not want to do it. Uh, I didn't. That's the thing. If, if they got rid of anything that actually, if I could kind of uh, piggyback on Bob's idea, what they could have did if they did it like, you know, Ab, you know, Ellie day one, Abby day one, Ellie day two, Abby day two on day three, you could have, you know, stayed as Abby found the theater, made your way into the theater. Right. And as you go around the corner to Tommy, uh, you could, you know, they that's when they can cut to Ellie and Jesse in the theater, and then they hear the thump. You already know that Abby's out there, and then they rush out, and then from that perspective, Jesse gets shot, and you're in control of Ellie. 
but you know, maybe reverse the boss fight so that you fight, you know, as you know, Ellie instead of Abby. And even, and even at the end of the boss fight, Abby ends up getting the upper hand on Ellie. You can do that. If you did that though, I think you would have to, you would have to reverse the last boss fight where Ellie's fighting Abby. And then Abby has to let Ellie go. I I disagree. I think you can still fight as because, like, like I said, so? at at the end of the boss fight, Abby still has the upper hand over Ellie and almost kills Dina. But it's Lev that gets Abby to go. You know, so I think you still. I don't. I don't think you have to fight as Abby. I had no desire to fight as Abby versus Ellie the entire game. Yeah, no I didn't desire. want to. I didn't. I didn't want to do it at all. And. So. Just feeling the disgust when Ellie's talking to me, you know, because I play things, you know, I play things very empathetically as opposed to sympathetically. And when Ellie's talking to me, I'm like, no, it's me. It's me. (laughs) It's me, Bob, Ellie. Yeah, it's me, Bob. (laughs) I'm I'm playing Abby. I don't want to do this. Let's call a truce. Uh, This reminds me of a Doctor Who episode. It's 12th Doctor, Doctor Who, where um, Clara... Like um, the master tricks Clara or Missy tricks Clara into getting into a Dalek. Uh-huh. And uh, did you see that episode? Oh, yeah. I've, like, I've watched yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. M- Missy tricks uh, um, Clara into getting into a Dalek. And the doctor's going to destroy the Dalek. And she's like, no, it's me. No, it's like me. When she's talking, yep. when she's talking, the only thing the Dalek says <laughs> is exterminate. Like that, that's what that means. She's, she's saying all these different things. And it's exterminate. Exterminate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, that even brings up another like is there a lot of daleks that are trying to talk but just saying exterminate i don't know so questions know. for this a different is, podcast that is, that is a question for a different podcast but um yeah so another thing now this it gets away from your question a little bit scuba steve but one thing i think would have really benefited the game story and probably would have overall been better is that they actually shifted the timeline of the game a bit. Where, because, you know, we meet Abby two hours. You know, not even two hours. Like, what, an hour before she kills Joel? That's when we actually meet Abby? I don't even um, know if it was that. I think it was, like, yeah. like maybe 20 minutes before. Well, no, no. we no, we meet her. But then Joel yeah. doesn't meet her. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So what I think they should have done is... They should have started the game earlier, right? Uh, obviously, you need a bunch of filler. Like, they need to have, like, you know, different story, different conflict, stuff like this. So, it changes the game a lot. But if you went back and forth between Ellie and Abby, as Abby's group was coming down from Seattle and making their way to Jackson, because obviously they had, I mean, there's, it's not, I can't imagine their trip just went super smooth all the way down. You know, from good Seattle. Point. Yeah, good point. You know, so what you do is like you play as Abby in those parts, and her. You get to know Abby. You get to know her group. You actually start to connect with the characters. Then you know you're uh, at Jackson with Ellie, and you connect more with Jesse. You connect more with Dina. Uh, you see that there's some tension between her and Joel. And then right at the middle of the game, they have the cutscene where her and Joel kind of start to, you know. They, they start to reconcile, and then when the two groups meet in the middle of the game, you know, you're connected with Abby, you're connected with her group, and then they do that shit to Joel. 
Like, then, they can be they could be saying like they like they can as they're coming down they all knew who they're talking about they don't have to say Joel's name they could just keep referencing him him or them yep. maybe and then and then when you get down to Jackson that's when they you've realized they've been talking about Joel the whole time yeah you could have actually made it a lot worse like you know we spent the first half of the game hating Abby but they could have actually Put that in the, yeah, put Joel's death in the middle of the game. They could have had Joel. You could have got to play Joel for some time and different things. And you meet up, maybe like you work together for a bit. And then, you know, one of the cutscenes where I have a conversation, kind of like in, you know, the first game where they're having a conversation with, uh, what's his name and his brother, you know, at the end of a meal. And then right. it comes up. And then all of a sudden, there's tension there and you didn't even know that was going to happen. And then you're already invested in Abby also. And you're like, Oh no. I mean, it could have been a completely different game there. A completely different experience. And then the second half of the game is you go into Seattle. And now when Abby's group is dying, you actually care. Who cares that? Like, I don't give a fuck that, you know, Ellie beat the shit out of Nora. I do not care. Yeah, I didn't, I I mean, I didn't care till later, you know, like later in retrospect. And <laughs> I never cared. <laughs> I think playing through this, like, because I'm going to play through a second time after I finished God of War and uh, what's the other one? Bow and Arrows and Dinosaurs. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Please, please more respect <laughs> on the name. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to play through it again. And I wonder how I'm going to feel playing through it again beating Nora like and and killing the other people and Bendejo guy you know like you Manny yeah Manny Manny you know like I really like Manny and it's gonna yep. be really weird playing through it a second time right all right so let's move on to uh Tisbang actually this was a response we got in discord uh, actually, I think a few weeks ago, once he finished or they finished the game, I'm not sure if it's, it's a it's a he or she. Sorry. Uh, so once they finished the game, uh, uh, they said, uh, and this is they actually said a couple of other things uh, about uh, the experience. So this is the one where he actually kind of gives his uh, or they sorry give their um, thoughts on the game as a whole, right? And he said, I'd have to give it a ten out of ten. That doesn't mean everything was perfect, but the parts I kind of disliked aren't enough to remove one point. If there were only 10 points, maybe if it was out of 100, I would give it a 98 out of 100. I would remove a point for Abby going so far out of her way for Yara and Lev, which felt a bit weird to me. Sure, but save both of them initially, debt repaid, fine. Go back and save them again. Hmm. Okay, she's trying to be a better person. Go on a big risky mission to find medical supplies. Now you're asking for a bit much. <laughs> then stupid Lev runs away. Well, that's his big mistake, and he should be on his own. Gameplay-wise, I can choose to carry a brick, but I can't fit a couple of bullets in my pack. I guess they have to put limits on it somehow. An interesting mechanic would be if they gave your pack a weight limit and you had to choose what items to carry. I do ditch one of these health kits. Uh, do I ditch one of these health kits so I can carry more ammo? I like that idea. If they yeah. if they gave you like a weight limit for your pack. Um, I think in this game, though, they were trying to simplify 
uh, some of the systems, like the upgrade system and, you know, stuff like that. And maybe they only did that because I know midway through the game, you basically got to start the upgrade tree all over again. Um, so maybe that's why. Yeah, but, well, something he said earlier on was going back for Yara and Lev. I have to disagree. I think that her that Abby's life has been built on obsession for the last four years. She's obsessed about getting to Joel. She she finds Yev and and or Lev and Yara, and it's a new obsession to grow and. She just jumps right into that. And I mean, that's why she goes back. That's why she cares so, so much. It's because she needs something to fill the void that's in her after she finally killed Joel, which was her sole, her sole reason for living. Right. Well, he, he does say, you know, he says, um, he, he, you know, I guess he, what he says specifically is, hmm, okay, I guess she's trying to be a better person. So he kind of gets it, but he doesn't necessarily agree with it. I think what he really, I think, uh, you know, when I kind of jumped the shark from is when he, when she, Abby, uh, went to go find the medical supplies. I think that's when it kind of jumped the shark from, like, because, you know, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, she was looking for absolution. She's like, I got to do something. Because obviously killing Joel didn't work. Right? That's the thing. Killing yep. Joel didn't work. It didn't, it didn't uh, help her. Uh, so she was looking for absolution, and and that's why. But I do like what you said about the the weight limit. I think that's a great idea. I do too. Uh, I I would have loved to carry more of a specific ammo, you know, to taper my play. You know, I enjoy using this ammo more. Or right, there were so many times that like I would have all the materials I needed for something. And I couldn't make any more, but I had to leave those materials. And I mean, we did play different, you know, because like I had materials turned up to the max. So right. I was finding a bunch, but I hated leaving stuff behind, you know. And so if I was able to just pick and choose and drop stuff, I mean, inventory management is a pretty fun thing in a lot of games. World of Warcraft, Diablo, um, many games like managing your inventory can be pretty fun. So I guess I would have to agree. I'm just have to disagree with what you just said. I fucking hate inventory management. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, why I you never got into World of Warcraft. <laughs> I fucking hate inventory management. Like, you know, like this is like this is like a job. <laughs> I know, dude. I mean, but like you know, you're like, all right, you go here. All right, I'm going to put you here. All right, I'm going to put you here. It's kind of like a little mini Sim City. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you enjoy that, Bob. Uh, finally, this is actually a conversation you have with somebody directly on Discord. See Wolf C, you want to jump into that, Bob? Yeah, yeah. This is this is my, my brother-in-law, who I respect a lot. We've had a lot of different conversations. We had a, like a long conversation, but... A little ex excerpt that I wanted to bring from it was, you know, I talked to him and I was, you know, saying, you know, if I could get past, you know, it, this story being a Greek, tra a Greek tragedy, then I would give it a 10 out of 10. But I'm just not a fan of those stories. But that's just my opinion, you know. But for a Greek tragedy i thought it was brilliant and what he said back was 
Oh, I totally understand. We all have our tastes, but the fact that you could look past that and still judge it on its quality is awesome. And you get my vote and my views. You didn't do what I've seen so many people who I normally respect do, which was bomb it purely on their dislike of the direction of the story. And I just, you know, like I, I really respect we've, I've, you know, he's my brother-in-law, but like, he's basically a brother, you know, I don't think of him as brother-in-law and We've had a lot of different philosophical discussions, political discussions, many different things. And I, you know, I took that as a huge compliment and I felt good about, you know, how I made it through the game and how I changed my views and, you know, felt good. And I mean, Ja, you have changed yours too. You were, I mean, you were definitely, you're definitely on a different page than you were right when we started the game in the middle of the game and even finishing the game. Oh yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with having time, right? You know, even though, even at the end of the game, I wasn't as visceral as a lot of people, you know, I like, you know, a lot of the, you know, some of the reviewers or some of the YouTubers you would see, like, I just wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, Oh, this game is awful. Like, I think when I finished the game originally, I was just like, I'm not a fan of the ending. You know, I don't like the way it ended. I mean, I, I, my opinion now of the ending is a bit more nuanced. You know, like it's just kind of like, I can tell you like the ending feels hollow, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad ending. Like the ending feels I think hollow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely hollow. And I think that's what makes it great. Right. But that's the thing. Like I, I, I that, that's go ahead. I'm sorry. If you could, what would you change? Actually, no, tell me what you're going to say and then tell me what you would change. No, that's all. That's all I was gonna say is that you know it, it feels hollow, but just because the ending was hollow and it may sound confusing doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game. Like that might have been the point, right? The point is that you know that her having the revenge would have like left her hollow anyway. The only person who would have felt good about her killing Abby would be me, because I would have at least felt that. Well, at least we got that done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> Task orientated. You know, we have a yeah. mission. This is what we need to do. I bet military was probably this. Like military people who played this game were probably the same way because they're trying to complete their mission, and that is the point. Not right. how you feel about the mission, but just completing the mission. Possibly, yeah. So go ahead and say what you're gonna say. Oh no, no. No, I. Oh, that's what you're. Hear, that, yeah. yeah I, oh, okay, I got you. I wanted to hear though how you would change the ending to be how I would change would. the ending. I mean, I, if I had to change the actual ending, I would have had her kill Abby. You know, I I would have had her 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 kill Abby, and then, like I said, in the next game, you can have Ellie dealing with that. You know, she you can have Ellie dealing with what she did because right now she only has PTSD. I shouldn't say only has PTSD uh, of about what happened to Joel, but she has PTSD about what happened to Joel. Then she is also going to have the scars of what she did to Nora. She's going to have the scars of what she did to Abby. You know, they can even throw a twist in there because maybe that was her dark turning point, and maybe she's like can't leave Lev alive and kills Lev too. And now you have, you know, uh, the third game of Ellie trying to now Ellie is trying to find absolution. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, you could have done that. Although I would have been so upset if Ellie would have actually killed Abby at the end. Right. Yeah. And I I get that. Like I said, it's not a bad ending. Um, It's just, like I said, it just just feels hollow and it feels like a little incomplete. And it feels like she just lost way too much not to go through with it. But I don't think it's a bad ending, you know? I don't know. I feel like she changed. I feel like she grew. And I feel like she learned to forgive after she had forgotten how to forgive. And Mm. forgiving Abby was her final act in forgiving Joel. Oh, I don't think she forgave Abby. Don't think so. You Really? Interesting. I I do not think she forgave Abby. I think she let her go. She just let her go because she's like, I just want to be done with it. I want to be done. I want to start healing. I need to start working on myself. Okay. And I can't do that with the baggage of Abby's death on me. So um, that's why I think. That's why I think she did it. Now, another thing about, I think, the way I process the game that's different than some people or maybe even a lot of people. I've said from the beginning and I've maintained that The Last of Us didn't have a great story to begin with, right? The first Last of Us game, a lot of people are like, oh, The Last of Us, the story is so good, so good, it's good. The story is all right. The story is good. I mean, it's, it's all right. It's, a, it's, it's an all right story. The thing that The Last of Us excelled at, and I'm talking about the first game, is its delivery of the story. The story was okay. The story is about uh, a crotchety old man who's got, you know, his daughter died, so he's scarred. And he has to learn how to love again, basically. You mm-hmm. know, he reattaches to this girl who's immune, and then he saves her at the end of the game. Like, it's not a very complex story, right? Um, I think, like I said, it excelled at its delivery. So the writing, how the story was written, how the dialogue was delivered, so the voice acting, the cinematography of the game itself, uh, the music of the game, like all of that made The Last of Us an excellent experience. But the story itself wasn't that great. So I shouldn't say it wasn't that. It wasn't a great story. It was an okay story. It was a good story at best. The Last of Us 2, I walked into The Last of Us 2 expecting an okay story. Like the story was okay. Like, that's what I was expecting. And the story was actually better than the first game. It is. The story of The Last of Us 2 is better than the story of the first game. It just, it just is. Um, and now on top of that, it is delivered better. You know, I would say the only reason I I, I don't want to say the voice acting is better is because there's not enough Troy Baker. Like Troy Baker is just (laughs) such a good voice actor. Yes. Uh, But yeah, but like, you know, so the voice acting was on par, I'm going to say, uh, but the cinematography was even better. The dialogue was great. Uh, the fact that the facial yes uh, because facial technology has yeah. come forward the facial technology like the delivery of that game was incredible uh, like I think like Cena said it's one of the best experiences in media I've had it it just is yep and yeah so I wasn't expect like the story was better than I expected even though like you know I'm not a huge fan of the ending. But yeah, no, that, that's the thing. Like I, that's how I looked at the game. I was expecting it to be a great, 
like for it to be delivered well and they more than execute on that on top of that on top of all that they actually just made a great game in terms of gameplay like i i really hope they take those mechanics and use it in an action game i really do so yeah and this experience has been enlightening for me because you asked me to do this podcast right after i had heard the leaks and i thought to myself uh, this game's going to be dog shit, and I'm going to have a great time shitting on it. And, <laughs> like, that was literally, it gave me an excuse to buy the game when I was, like, sitting there going, well, I'm just going to wait and buy it when it's on when it's on sale later. Like, I'm pissed. Like, Joel is my dude. Like, I don't care that he's not perfect. Like, he's my dude. I was ready to just shit on this game from the beginning and what this game did was just give me an enlightening experience and and a, a true experience in revenge which i haven't really had in my real life i've seen it in many movies and i've heard them say yes like revenge is bad and i've thought to myself no it's not but playing it out here literally left me fundamentally changed and it's been one of the greatest experiences to do this podcast and to play through it and to get to just talk this out and anybody listening like thank you so much for coming along the ride like it's 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 been awesome for me and just a it's weird to say a game's life-changing, but like the first game that was life-changing to me was Final Fantasy VII. Like when Aerith dies, I'm like, what? Did I do something wrong? You know, like it changes you. And this game did that. Yeah. I, I think it's one of the reasons why I will fight in tooth and nail that video games are the greatest uh, type of media you can cons- ever created. Because it just delivers an experience that movies, books, uh, any you know things in audio like radio cannot deliver. It just it just can't because you're actively involved in what's happening and it hits differently. I mean, so doing the I mean, you actions, had, you know, like, yeah, you, that's you why had, the fight, but with Abby for Ellie sucked, but it was profound. Right. Well. You know, I, I, I can understand the experience that you had with this game because I had an experience like that, but with another game, and that game uh, was like Spec Ops The Line. Spec Ops The Line changed... I, I, there was Jaw before Spec Ops The Line, and then there was Jaw after Spec Ops The Line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, because Spec Ops The Line, and I don't want to... I, I, if you have not played that game, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I highly suggest you play that game. It is awesome. Uh, and I'm pretty sure everybody should have heard about how great the story is. But the thing about it, right? I actually even wrote an article on the site about this, about Spec Ops. Spec Ops, while you're playing that game, you don't question what you're doing. I'm not talking about as the the character. I'm talking about as the player. You constantly are doing what you think is the right thing. And not everything you're doing is the right thing. And that really doesn't become clear until the end of the game. 
And when I finished that game, I just sat there as the credits rolled and I just leaned back in my chair and thought about everything I did, the impacts it had. And the thing that got me the most is that I didn't give a second thought to what I did because I knew at the end of the day it was going to be the right thing to do. And I was going to come out on top. Yep. You you're know? just doing your, your following orders, what the game tells you to do. And then you're like, and what? that's it. So literally after I finished playing Spec Ops The Line, I analyzed my thought process way more than I did before. You yep. know, so I would, I would, I would highly suggest playing that game, but yeah, I can, that's what I'm saying. I can totally understand uh, what you're, you're saying about this. And it is, I think it's a great piece of media. Um, I, 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 like I said, at the end of the game, I enjoy, I, I, at the end of the day, I should say, I enjoyed the game and I would still recommend it to people. I would yep. definitely recommend that people play it, but I'm just kind of like, you know, you got to check your bias. I think you do have to check your bias. You know, yep. I was like, you know, this game put art before the game. Naughty Dog put art before the game here because if they did, if they wanted just to make, you know, the gamers happy. They would have did what gamers expected. It would have been predictable. Yep. You know, somebody we would have went and I, killed Abby and all of her friends, and we would have been like, "Yeah, yeah bitch." Later, I think, I, I think it was on Polygon. There was an article recently where somebody tried to make the case that games just need to go back to black and white, you know, morals, you know, and they brought up like a game like The Last of Us, and they also brought up like Bioshock, you know, which I'm sorry, but Bioshock Infinite. Uh, even Bioshock, the moral choice in that game don't touch this. Like Bioshock has good and bad. It does. Bioshock, Bioshock, even it has good and bad. Yep. This game is nothing but gray. Nothing but gray. Which you is know? what most of life really is. You know, we we yeah. jump into movies and we jump into games. We jump into different media to get happy stories, but the world is it really like that? And it's very rarely like you can talk politics, everything. It's very rarely black and white and good and evil. It's just, it's just not like, but so many people try and portray it as that, but it's literally just gray everywhere. Right. So, um, yeah, like Bob said, thank you guys very much for joining us, uh, for this journey. I mean, like if you're, if you're listening at this point, I would imagine you've, you've, well, yeah, you've 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 been here for the whole thing, and um, and if you haven't, if this is the first one, just because you <laughs> wanted to see the like final thing, I really think this entire series start it from day one. See the change, see the growth. Start from see, Jackson, yeah, yeah. Jackson. <laughs> just like it's it's amazing, and I don't think any even. Like most reviewers did a one hour thing. I've I enjoyed a lot of them. Like I really enjoyed Patrick Beja's on Pixels podcast. It was really good. It, but it's so hard to really put everything in without going through the journey. So if this is the first episode you've listened just because you want to see a review, I would recommend starting from the beginning. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for for listening. Thank you guys for interacting with us for, you know, for, you know, sending us messages, uh, sending us tweets, talking about the show, talking about your feelings on the different episodes, like based on like, you know, what we talked about. Uh, thanks for coming into the discord. Thanks for big juicy hog for constantly correcting us when we miss 
not even a detail about the game per se, <laughs> but a detail like it's called a concourse. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, Hog's a uh, Hog's Hog's a good dude, and Hog, you should get a PlayStation. You should play this fucking game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the game that that is one thing I, I would tell people. Like if you just if you only watch the cutscenes, like you're just not getting it. You know, even so, I know in the first Last of Us, uh, and when we did like season one, if you would say for the Last of Us Part One, uh, I had some additional clips in there that weren't cutscenes that kind of you know uh, were, were from when you were walking around, and then this one I didn't do that as much, and I wish I would have done it more. But then each uh, there's no way we could have did our episodes. We struggled to get our episodes out. Yeah, we did. As it was, uh, there's just so much content and so much in the discussions of you know in the game. Like I mean, for example, um, Dina talking about the farmhouse. Like she talked to she just talks about that while you're walking. You know, I think she's talking about that while you're walking to the WLF gate or to the Seattle Q, uh, QZ gate. Yep. I think so that's when she's talking about that. Yeah. If you didn't get that, how would you even understand the farmhouse at the end and where they had gotten, you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's just so much dialogue in the game. It, it, I would recommend actually playing through it. And it's a fun game to play. It is. So, but yeah, like I said, uh this is this is the I I'm this isn't our first limited series. This is our first limited series like this where we just cover one game. I think our first limited series would be 201X. That was our first limited series where we did the best games of the decade. Uh, but this is definitely something different for us. I'm glad it really worked out. This is definitely going to influence uh, some of our content decisions going forward. So I would definitely expect more limited series. Uh, maybe not necessarily exactly like this because, you know, The Last of Us Part Two is a very linear game. Yep. Uh, so it was the last of us. So it was kind of, you know, we, we, we'll do something. We're probably, um, I, I can almost guarantee we're going to have, uh, you know, limit, other limited series about other games, but the format would be a little different. And, you know, we, hopefully we pick a game that you want to hear about, that you want to listen to for a little bit, you know, I would, and you enjoy that. <laughs> I would love to do like a Final Fantasy seven, but I think it would only be like three or four hour long episodes to talk about it. Maybe it's something we could do when they get the next final fantasy remake out. You know what I mean? Like maybe it would be a little bit more juicy. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. Remember we didn't expect like, so this is episode 18. We did not expect to do 18 episodes of this show. True. true. <laughs> Very true. You know, we did not be perfectly honest with you okay so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah I, thank you guys very much uh you know it's it's very it's it's awesome you know seeing the amount of downloads that we get for a show but it's even better when people actually respond to the show even better when it's unprompted you know uh so you know several of you came into the discord just for the last of us show you know, we really do appreciate that. And, you know, like I said, as long if you enjoyed the show, our mission was complete. So even though the ending was a bit hollow for me, my mission is complete. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you didn't enjoy the show and you hated it and you listened, thank you too. You know what I mean? Like you don't have <laughs> yeah. to, you don't have to agree with us. Like that's not why we put this out. If we wanted everybody to agree with us, we wouldn't put us, out on the internet you know what i mean so yeah. it's okay you know and 
I, I've just had a blast doing it. I'm bummed it's over. And yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Yeah. So, well, like I said, we'll probably be back. I'm, I'm pretty certain of it. Uh, but like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell them one last time where they can find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at blazon underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. What about you, Ja? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus. You can also find me on our Twitch channel streaming. Um, we're actually going to try to make that a bit more frequent, but uh, we stream at twitch.tv slash match those buttons. So just give us a follow if you want to go live. Uh, we'd also love to have you join our Discord, which is match.gg slash Discord. We're going to keep those Last of Us channels open for quite some time. So feel free to hop in and give us your thoughts and opinions. You know, as long as I see people downloading the show, I'll probably keep uh, those channels open. All right. Um, and we encourage you guys to reach out with comments and questions, even now, you know, after the show is done. So you can reach out, you can reach us on the discord. You can reach out, uh, reach us on uh, Twitter. You can also email us at contact at match.gg. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. You can share the show with others and you can also rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You can also, like, if you want to take support a bit further, you like these limited series, you want us to do more. Well, we're going to do more anyway. I'm going to be real with you. But <laughs> if you want to help support us in our endeavors, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash mash those buttons. And you can help support mash those buttons with tiers starting at $1 a month and gain early access to content as well as exclusive content. Uh, also, if you want to support us, you can, you know, buy merch from teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And you can throw us a subscription if you like. I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mashos Buttons. And instead of doing our normal ending, I think we're going to do something a little special. We're going to, the, the most touching part of the game, I would say, we're going to play that. And that's how we're going to end the series. And Neil, I am genuinely sorry for the angry tweet. Yes, he is. Thank All you. All right, guys. Have a good one. We hope you enjoyed the show. And thanks a lot. Talking away. I don't know what I'm to say. I'll say anyway. Today's another day to find you shining away.
You should have kissed me then. I wanted to. Me too. Well, it's rough, Ja. <laughs> like, it's like the end of. It's like the end of an era. It was so much more than we thought it was going to be. Oh, here, I'm stopping my recording. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 